and welcome to the Watford Jazz Junction podcast. I'm Chris. And today I'm chatting with Adrian Cox. So time to grease your corks and hit the high notes. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to episode six, our finale episode of series four of the Watford Jazz Junction podcast. Welcome to you wherever you are in the world. And if you're a first time listener, you're of course most welcome. Keep checking out our website at watfordjazzjunction.com where you'll see our amazing lockdown performance from Emma Smith, fated by Radio 6 and 2 and the wonderful Gareth Matthews, and available to watch now for free. You'll see you can also register to attend two new gigs coming up later in the year here in sunny Watford, one featuring the Jazz of Dudley Moore with the sensational Chrissingham Quartet, and one with Tony Kofi's awesome quintet as they paint a portrait of Julian Cannibal Adley. Cannot wait! Now... Today I'm in conversation with a true wonder of the modern jazz age, a musician who straddles the past and the present, a clarinetist who's mastered his instrument, has charmed online audiences with his Sunday service, beats out the bangers with bad manners, and now has earned his invite to Watford's premier jazz podcast. It can only be Adrian Cox. Adrian, hello, how are you? How are you doing, Chris? You all right? Yeah, fantastic. Where in the world are you, brother? Uh, at the moment, I'm in Lowestoft. Oh, the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, the Sunshine Coast. I haven't looked out the window yet, um, but I can feel there's some kind of sun on my back, so it must be doing all right. <laughs> so what, are, you, are you on your jazz holidays? Why are you there? So uh, I'll tell you what, um, I haven't seen my girlfriend for since uh, this year, actually, since the 6th of January, um, and I've got two days off, so um, I've just come up to visit her. She recently moved up here she's from Lowestoft originally so I've just come back from uh, Bulgaria and then I was quarantining up in Manchester then I was in London then I've come up to here and then I've got to go back on uh, Friday because I'm off well off back on Thursday because I'm off to Switzerland on Friday so good lord so well first up Lowestoft uh, is home to the fish finger good old Clarence Birdseye so make sure you have a fish finger sandwich of course we'll do secondly as uh, some listeners will know uh, Suffolk is of course God's own county um, even though I escaped to Hertfordshire so well done you (laughs) and finally a proper question so listening to that what Bulgaria Manchester London you're off to Switzerland how come you're managing to get in so much traveling you are the 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 antithesis of our musical guests uh, across lockdown well, uh, I've sort of managed uh, throughout the whole of lockdown. I've been, uh, I've toured um, in Denmark, Switzerland. Uh, I've done two trips to Denmark, actually. I did uh, two trips to Sweden. Um, yeah, and in, in Bulgaria, I actually have an apartment in Bulgaria, and we had we had an issue in lockdown with our flat in uh, in London, uh, a damp issue, which wasn't uh, fantastic. But um, and so we decided rather than sitting in London paying London rent, I'd go and um, live in my Bulgaria flat, which was fantastic because I was able to work out there. I was able to do solo gigs in the cafes um, and stuff in the hotel, which is near where my apartment is. And so I did that. Then I came back to Manchester, a friend who I work with a lot, Jack Cottrell. We've been putting on live streams. And, uh, and then I came back to London. I did a live stream last night with my friend Giacomo Smith on clarinet. Uh, and then, yeah, and then so I've managed to find two and a half days to come up and uh, see my girlfriend. So and then I go off to Switzerland, and then then a few thing, few more things in London. Then I'm off to off to France. There's something I'm doing in in France, and then to Rhodes in Greece, and then back to Bulgaria for. 
for three weeks, four weeks. Wow, Adrian, <laughs> we applaud you. That's a stellar performance. Um, nice to hear a reference to um, your drummer friend um, who describes himself, I seem to remember on Twitter, as um, Jamie Brownfield's fan club or something like that. Jack Cottrell. Yeah, Jamie Brownfield's fan club. Yeah, good old Jack Cottrell. Yeah, he's and he's playing great. He's one of the people in lockdown who's... You know, there's <clears throat> during lockdown, people have either gone one way, they either haven't picked up their instrument or they've gone totally into it, you know. And he's one who, you know, his playing's just gone up a massive level and it's so good to see and so great. We did it at a great session. It was brilliant, you know. Yeah, he's a tidy drummer and, and a nice chap. Now, um, yeah. I want to know, how did this happen to you? What was your journey into music and to jazz, Adrian? Yeah, from the young age. So my, my dad's a banjo player. That's the last I'll say that. <laughs> uh, but he always liked the sound of a clarinet and a banjo together. And when I was six years old, we used to go and watch a band called myself and my sister. They used to take us to see the Pastina Roof Orchestra. So we'd go cool. and watch the band and it was great. We used to go and it was great because we used to go and meet the band afterwards. And it'd be like, hey, we used to write fan mail to them. And uh, But uh, the funny thing is now, like one of them in the band was Enrico Tommaso, you know, and then this week, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I've got the phone to him every day, sorting out the flight for Friday, you know. But he's... Um, so, so I was very much into it and it was always around us music and, and I loved it from, from that age and from the age of 11, um, well, I started playing clarinet at the age of six and had lessons with the school and, and it was when I was about 11 or 12 in my secondary school, the, the teacher of clarinet at the school was a guy called Jack Gilbert, who was, who had been with the Max Collie Rhythm Laces, uh, Eric Silk, Southern Jasmine. And I ended up having private lessons with him, which was fantastic. You know, I got to go round his house and rather than have a half an hour lesson, he used to say, stay round, I'll stay round for a couple of hours. And I used to get up two hours before school, finish after school, just playing. Um, and, and my dad obviously had bands. So we eventually, I, I was playing in his bands from the age of 13, 14, and we were doing rehearsals. And I was doing three gigs a week from the age of you know, 13, yeah, and wow. earning money. And then I left home when I was 15, left school and uh, moved to Devon, joined a band, went full time. And the first band I joined, we did, first year we did 326 shows, you know, all over Europe, you know. So it's, right. it was great. You know, I loved it. What a, <laughs> what a journey. So what's your old man called? Spats Cox? No, <laughs> Graham Cox. Graham Cox. Does he still play? Yeah, he still plays. Or Lefty. Because he plays left-handed, you see. Oh, dodgy. <laughs> oh, I know the type. Yeah. <laughs> you got to question it. Yeah, brother. So I don't know how to bring you sort of more up to up to the current uh, times. So I saw you live uh, for the first time with Kansas Smitties at Shoreditch Town Hall, believe it or not. I don't know how many Novembers ago yeah. it was, but it was several. But the thing I couldn't believe, I dragged a couple of friends there. It's just like, I can't remember that it seats 1,000 or 2,000, but whatever it is, it is a big number. And it was sold out. Everyone had paid up at least a tenner. And they're sitting there. And like you looked around, there was a proper show of sort of mullets and beards. It was, you know, a really young and interested and dynamic audience. I was definitely one of the oldest people there. I mean, what do you think has been amongst, uh, you know, what, what do you think is behind the resurgence of interest amongst a younger generation in jazz? Well, I think it, the thing is, I, I work in a few different scenes and it's not, and it, what you find is it's not actually just, it's not just that music, it's trends of eras. The, I mean, Giacomo Smith has got a lot to answer for it in, in London, from, especially in that old, in that more old style kind of swing kind of thing that we were doing at that time. I know the band plays slightly different now, yeah. but at that time people were able to come out. They were able to see a bunch of guys who were discovering new stuff and going, yeah, let's play this tune. Let's do that. Let's write music in that style. Let's, 
and then in a cool area like in Hackney or Shoreditch and suddenly people gravitate towards it because it's people having fun and the music's really good and it's like let's have a good time together and I and I I, I'm a firm believer that if the band's having a good time the audience are going to have a good time you know I'm always having a good time and hopefully you know the audience can feel that whether I'm doing a live stream now as it is these days or whether it's you know people like to see that whereas if someone goes and watch something that's quite uh introvert you know quite into itself and very much you know which is beautiful music or whatever you know it's not going to bring on the sense of let's have a great time you know people remember nights like that but you know with other bands who i work with like bad manners you know it's like that 80s resurgence is all coming around again it and it's and it's a lot to do with um you know people getting younger people getting older listening to their parents records or suddenly hearing hearing a few things going oh if we got you know records vinyl is a is a huge thing now again people going oh if we've got vinyl player if we've got this what's that put it on go oh i like this you know and i just think stuff's very i think things are more accessible now you know yeah. you can listen to anything you want it's the beauty of spotify and so you know everyone gives spotify a hard time yeah i i could easily go well i've had a tune that's had a hundred thousand plays and made no money but also i haven't imagine getting that exposure you you know paying for that imagine paying for i was watching my one of my tunes this week has had 2.7 thousand plays if spotify wasn't around none of those people would have heard it so yeah it's interesting it's a double-edged sword because you're just around the corner from um ed sheeran um who's down in fram um framlingham for our podcast listeners um, or in people further afield who've never even heard of Suffolk. Can you imagine? Um, but like, so he uh, played the pubs and things around Suffolk and whatnot. But, you know, the plays on Spotify, etc. I know they actually have made him some money because he's got stratospheric. Yeah. But really, it's not really about money. But he made his fortune, I'd guess, from the live shows supported by that huge exposure on YouTube and, and everything else. Is that sort of part and parcel for you that you you get this sort of free uh, or wide promotion? Not free because of course you have to make it, but it then attracts people to your brand and they come and watch you live. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean that's what I think. And also the people who are gonna people who are gonna buy CDs or vinyl, they're gonna buy them anyway, whether you're on Spotify or not. I've you know I did a tour with uh, doing that concert Profoundly Blue and people go oh I can't believe you made CDs well I, I sold three thousand CDs in in two years so I mean work that out and then then we did an original album and there's done a thousand CDs of that bear in mind it only came out in January of 2020 and we haven't we did one tour that did a thousand CDs and 120 vinyl and but also had loads of plays on Spotify if you're not on Spotify because oh I'm not going to you're not going to earn any money from it anyway so you may as well be on it do you know what I mean I think you're right the pragmatism is is the sort of right route just anyone listening I'm not agreeing that I think that people should be ripped off I don't think that but what I also think is come on you've got you got one go at this, haven't you? Just just get on with it. <laughs> if we are having any disagreements, I should also suggest that you should have printed off sort of 2078s as well of your album. Vinyl is so yeah. new school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what what are you working on right now? What are the good people of Switzerland going to be treated to? So at the moment, I'm going out there with... Um, 
I'm going out there with a, a quartet. It's not under my own. It's Denny Eilert, the guitarist, nice. um, Enrico Tommaso on trumpet, and Sebastian Gerardo on double bass. So we, we went out and did a quartet there. It's in Ascona. So they usually have a festival there. Um, but also our friend Nico, who used to run Ascona Festival, he puts on concerts in the nice theatre there. And being that they're just... It's International Jazz Day coming up, I think. Yeah, it's on um, Friday, I think. And Not that that will mean anything to the listeners, because this will come out well after it. But hey-ho, it was on Friday a few ago. Yeah, it was on Friday. I've just got back from Switzerland. No, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I believe there's some money put in for from government kind of thing to try and get Switzerland going again. So, But as for stuff that I've got going on at the moment, um, I'm doing a duo thing with uh, Joe Webb. You know, Joe Webb, the pianist. We've worked together loads. He was all the stuff. And also, we, we wrote... Well, I've started to write... Well, not started. I've written a new album, um, which is going to have eight tracks on it. Myself and Joe have written most of those together. And I've had it all arranged for... It's going to be... My quartet, actually, I'm going to do a quintet. I'm going to get Danny Islet on guitar. Um, and then with a the string quartet as well. What? So it's all been arranged for swings. Yeah, for strings. So it's been arranged by uh, Philip Manies, who's an incredible um, uh, arranger, composer, also amazing drummer uh, from Paris. So that was at the start of lockdown. I was like, right, I want to get these tunes done and I want to have them arranged. So they've all been arranged, all that's done. And I've been in touch with, I don't know if you know, Gabby Swallow and Lizzie Ball and all that um, fantastic string quartet. Um, so they're going to be doing the strings on it. And then we're going to have it all filmed. Gonna have, and that's going to be done down at Gunhill Studios. Um, it's my friend Rupert Cobb, who's like, he's the, the master of everything. He's, you know, he did all the live at Abbey Road stuff with Jamiroquai and all that. So he yeah, always yeah. does all my, all my things. And he, he's just, he did like Wynton Marsalis, Herbie Hancock. It's the list of everyone he's done. But he just gets it spot on every time. And it, and he's such a nice guy. You know, we we both had the same mentor, Jack Gilbert. He's a trumpet player as well. So I yeah. know him from that. He used to be with, he did all the stuff with Mike and Mechanics, but he came on tour with Bad Manners. And it's that big kind of incestuous pool of everyone doing everything, you know. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, this is the nature of the Jazz Junction. We love all these sort of incestuous pathways and crossovers. Now, yeah, of course. you are a man of high energy and high charisma and you know you're wearing a yellow hat and it's just making me smile as is your you know because i can see you on zoom <laughs> unlike the listeners but you are a chipper fellow and i love tuning into you on sunday service and everything you said you know you you play with an utter joy and i don't want to take a downer but it'd been interesting speaking to other people about sort of their journeys and whatnot and it's very easy to sort of say oh, it's all been fine or whatever but you know there must have been darker times as well his music sort of helped you through is it sort of your go-to thing or is it just you know this is this is music adrian but there's another one and he's you know less chipper or um no so when i left home at 15 obviously i was i'd left i moved from brighton down to devon well burgess hill down to devon yeah. so it's like 300 miles away my parents let me leave home and of course going on the road with the band drinking everything else and so you know i was drinking like drinking 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 and i had a huge you know by the time when i got to the age of 30 you know i joined bad manners so there was lots of you know drinking drugs everything yeah. you know and, and i do everything to the extreme i've got a massive addictions problem you know that general life you know but it's but it never on the kind of downside although it did at points get down but music's always there because it's everything my whole life is music i'm not thinking about it's from the moment I wake up until I go to bed. I'm totally obsessed. But I mean, like drinking was a thing that like, I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I had a huge drink alcohol problem. And to the point where I was, um, so I've been in recovery for seven years now. So I went 
I when I I went to the hos I went to the hospital. I had a pain in my leg, and I'm like, oh, what's this? What's this? And they kept checking. They kept doing scans and everything. And they said, are you still? They said, are you still drinking as much? Are you still? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and we're talking, you know, like fifteen to twenty pints of Guinness every day, half wow. a bottle of spirits, bottle of red wine. You know, so but still functioning. All right, you know, it's fine. But, um, yeah, and it turned out that the pain in my leg, I'd given myself a vascular necrosis, which is brought, it can be brought on by alcohol. So I've got alcohol thing. It's where your blood thins from the amount of drink that you have. <laughs> and then, wow. so what had happened, the pain in my, pain in my hip was that the ball of my hip had, half of the, half of the hip had died. So then I had to have a hip replacement. So when I was, when I was 30, um, yeah, when I was 30, I had, 31. I had a full hip replacement, uh, which a, a, a later fan of mine, uh, she very, very kindly paid for me to go privately and, and have it. She said, you've got to go and get it done. And I'll tell you what, the, the <laughs> one of the nice things was it was the first time since the age of 15 that I'd had three months off. So from June June 2014 till September uh, 2014, I, I didn't do any gigs and I was just at home and it was like the first time I was able to recoup and of course from stopping drinking and all that and 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 he won't mind me saying like Jack Cottrell as well he's you know me and him we we worked together on those things but it, like he's he stopped drinking two and a half years ago and everything you know and so that you know it's something that you deal with every day it's not something that just goes some people go oh well it's good now you don't drink now yeah you nailed that it's like what do you know what I mean if I had one sip of drink I would go back I would warrant having it all I'd just go, yeah, or anything else, you know, whether it's smoking, I stopped smoking, I smoke 50 a day, you know, and anything else, you know, yeah, you yeah, can stick yeah. up your nose. But, you know, so, it, it, you know, I have that to deal with. But luckily, I'm totally addicted to to music these days. Not that I wasn't before. It's just that I had something else alongside it, you know. Um, and actually, those days of drinking and that, it meant I was staying up so late, but I was always staying up listening to music or at a jam session I'd be at a jam session I'd be the last person going to bed oh I got to meet this person because I didn't go to bed I got up early but I was always up early always the first you know so darker times yeah they were slightly darker times you know when you're lying in hospital having a having a hip replacement at 31 you go oh yeah I might have overdone it but do you know what I mean it's and Keris Matthews said when I first met her she was like why are you got a walking stick I said oh because I'd broken my ankle because my bones have obviously gone a bit silly now because of uh, because of that. I got osteopenia through or from booze. Don't drink too much, everybody. Um, no, but I'm not one of those people, by the way. I'm, you know, do what you want. You know, one day I'll <laughs> own a pub and make loads of money out of it. Um, you know, so the first time I met Kerry, so I was I was on a walking stick, and she was like, "Wow, what's your story?" She's like, "Why you got a walking stick?" So I broke my ankle. She's like, "Got a problem with your bones?" And I told her the whole story, and she was like, "Oh my god!" She's like, "You've got to come on the show." I was like, "Oh yeah, right." She, I, but I'm, I've I've never I'm not a negative person, you know. I'm massively positive about everything, you know. If that didn't happen, I would have died, you know. You know, had oh god, this bad. You had a hip replacement, yeah, or carried on drinking for another three or four months and probably not be doing this podcast. Yeah. Well, the um, I, I think anyone that doesn't follow Adrian and whatnot and say, you know, really very frequently you're you're retweeting and finding space for other people who are in different elements and stages of their recoveries to various things. And it's a real strong sense of care and community. Um, and it's not the Adrian show. It's about, well, what does that person need? And it's it's clearly comes from a space yeah. where you, you really get it and understand it. Right. Now, quick question. Sydney Bechet or Benny Goodman? Sydney Bechet. Nice. That's the correct answer. 
Who do you turn to for inspiration? Musically, Edmund Hall. Yeah. Also, um, <laughs> recently, in the last year, Barney Bigard. Yeah, great. You know, it's, I've just been really getting into his stuff. It's brilliant. Um, more inspiration, uh, Tom Harrell, the trumpet player. Do you know Tom Harrell? I, I don't. Right, okay. Amazing trumpet player. Completely out of the realms of anything that I would ever listen to. Um, but I remember I was in Paris a couple of years ago and I was, and I was watching, uh, it was a live, it was a live stream from Dizzy's in New York. It was November 2019 and it was Tom Harrell and I was like, wow, who's this guy? It was like, and, uh, you know, he's obviously got various issues as well, but he's just amazing trumpet player. And I was watching him play and I'm like, wow. He's like, you could just see like, whether it be pain or whether it be whatever, you know, frustration or whatever. You can see it. And I loved it. And the next day I woke up, I said to Joe Webb, I said, what do you know about Tom Arrell? He's like, oh, I love him. I was like, guy's amazing. So I immediately bought tickets for him at the Village Vanguard the following April, which is when lockdown came. So I had, I'd booked three, three nights at the Village Vanguard and 10 days in New York. And when the lockdown actually started, I was just about to have two weeks off anyway. So I was like, oh, this is all right. I'm having two weeks off. I just didn't get to go and see Tom Harrell, but I want to make sure I do before, because I don't, I don't know how well he's doing at the moment, but um, yeah, so he's quite inspirational. The fact that he just does what he wants to do and that he, you know, I think music's something that is, if you live in it, you're fully in, involved, you know. (laughs) I've never done the Village Vanguard and I've never heard of Tom Harrell. So a, I shall try and follow in your footsteps and get myself to the vanguard, but B, I shall definitely check him out after this online. Check him out. Completely different to anything I would normally be in. Okay, we're at this stage. Are you ready, Adrian, for my brand new quickfire quiz challenge? Yes. It's called Cox's Clarinet Tunesmith Impro Response 8-Track Special, because we're going to try something different today. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to toot out a little something on the clarinet at my end, and then we shall see what Adrian's response is. Okay. <laughs> this may not work, listeners. Or if this does work, there was some heavy editing. Ready? Very good. points okay is scoring full points so far. Right. (laughs) Right, I've got three more. Was I right there? That's perfect. We're loving that. <laughs> L Street's just around the corner from Watford. Well, you've got to do it. Two more. Here we go. Right. Let's see if you recognise this one. There you 
No, you got me on that one. And it's not your playing. Based on One for Archie by someone called Adrian Cox. Oh, gosh. Crikey. Ah! <laughs> I listened to that and I thought, again. Okay. I thought I recognised it. Crikey. I must get that one back out. It's a good tune. Final track. <laughs> <laughs> That's in a different key. Crikey. I like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> I like your style. Wow, Adrian Cox gets the full 50 out of 50. And for 50 the record, kids, you, you heard Stranger on the Shore, Basin Street Blues, Petty Fleur, Ain't Misbehaving, Sweet Georgia Brown, uh, the East Enders theme tune. Uh, one for Archie by the magnificent Adrian Cox one and of course the Can Can as a bit of bad manners uh, respect bad manners Ooh. but in the wrong key innit right so Adrian you have earned now your opportunity to share with us your top three albums of all time of all time okay yeah. uh, George Lewis Jazz at Vespers Ooh. George Lewis the clarinetist from New Orleans um, okay Tell us about uh, yeah. that. That's one. Uh, so uh, when I was when I was learning clarinet um, with Jack Gilbert as teacher, my thing I said to him, he said, "Well, do you want to play? What is it you want to do?" I said, "I want to play like you." And he said, "No, you don't want to do that." He said, "You want to listen to who I played and listen to and all that." He said, "Go and listen to George Lewis." He said, "Now this is the best album that you could possibly listen to of George Lewis because it just shows you all about ensemble playing, melody playing, tone." Um, you know, and how a band can work together. And he gave me the album, Jazz at Vespers. And it's uh, recorded in a beautiful church. Um, I should know all this because we did a tour all about it with uh, Alan Shipton. But um, Amazing. I can't remember where the church was. I think it's in Connecticut. But it's a fantastic album. It's, a, it's the great band with uh, Kid Howard, Jim Robinson, Alton Parnell, piano. It's, yeah. So that. Oh, wow, wow, wow. All right. So that's locked in. Number two. Number two. Okay, Eb Edmund Hall, Rumpus on Rampart Street. Uh, it's an album we recorded in 1959. So after he'd left uh, Louis Armstrong and the All-Stars. Um, yeah, he recorded it and it had, um, it was mainly original tunes on it. And it also featured two other clarinetists, Omar Simeon and um, Edmund Hall's brother, Herb Hall. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a brilliant, alpha, brilliant album. Uh, it's got some of my favourite tunes on it, Neighbours. Dawn on the Desert, Swinging, African Tempo. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's just Edmund Hall leading a band and him. And it's funny because the other two clarinetists on it, who are both fantastic clarinetists, you know, you, you, is it, he, he gives one of them, as, he gives Herb Hall like eight bars and it just should never have done it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I know the album well. It's a great recommendation. And for the record, our first Edmund Hall album recommendation. Right, at number one. Ambassador Satch, Louis Armstrong and the All-Stars. Funnily enough, um, Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong, whatever is your bag, we haven't had any, we have a lot of Louis uh, chit-chat, but we've had no album recommendation today. So you've done a, a triple first there with George Lewis and Edmund Hall as well going before it. This is fantastic. I can't believe no one else but Louis. He's the only person, really. Louis's everything. I mean, I remember playing with the drummer. Jack Cottrell's grandfather was Pete Cottrell. Amazing drummer. Yeah. He's the guy that everyone wanted to use when all the Americans came over. You know, Warren Vashe, all that. Kenny DeV They'd yeah. always say, right, I want Pete Cottrell. And uh, I, I was sat outside a pub with Pete once, and um, 
this trombone player guy we know said to him, he said, Pete, he said, Who, who's your favourite drummer? Who's your favourite drummer? And he went, he went, Louis Armstrong. And he said, Louis Armstrong, he didn't play, he didn't play drums like that. And Pete said, if you don't understand what I'm saying, you'll never, ever get it. Wise words, man. Time, sound, phrasing, tone, it's everything. You know, Louis Armstrong, if you haven't listened to Louis Armstrong, Hot Fives, Hot Sevens, you've got to go and start again. That's my advice. In life, for everything, everything, it's all there. It's all there. Everything you hear, it's all there in the Hot Fives and Hot Sevens. It was done. Everything's already been done. So don't stress out about any of it and just have a good time. That's what I think. Word, word, <laughs> word. Right. You have definitely now um, earned your final uh, rights to review our house band where once there were seven there now stand ten well i think some of them will be standing but some of them will probably be lying um we're growing like topsy but <laughs> as i said we still remain the tightest slickest sickest band in podcast show business up front on reeds is vi red on trombone we've got james morrison and on trumpet dizzy gillespie in the back line we've got jeffrey keezer on piano shirley tete on guitar Bassists, Jacko Pistorius and Christian McBride. We've got Terry Lynn Carrington on drums and Leanne Carroll on vocals and backup keys. Plus, we've got Duke Ellington duking around out front. Plus, we now have an official band artist in the form of Roger Dean. Now, Adrian, my gift to you, the gift from the good people of the Watford Daz Junction is to let you to review that band and give one of them a well-earned rest. Who would you like to switch out and who would you like to sub in? Crikey. Well, let's take Jeffrey Keyser out, and I'm gonna. I'll tell you, I put Go in on. somebody who I love on piano is Gene Harris. Gene Harris. Yeah. Done. I'll be swinging, and say hello to Leanne as well. <laughs> nice swap, fella. You've done good work there, Mr. Cox. Excellent. So, Adrian, listen. Uh, just say huge thank you for for joining us today. And uh, one thing that other people won't know is that we're going to see you on board our jazz train, spelt T R. A-N-E, as you do, next spring, as you are going to officially launch our festival here in Watford, Yay! alongside tomorrow's Warriors, whoop, whoop, for the Watford Jazz Woo! Junction. Um, <laughs> but if people want to see you before then, what are your hopes and uh, and fears for the coming months? Where can we check you out and hear your gospel? <laughs> I'm doing the 27th of May at Toulouse-Lautrec with myself, Will Barry on piano, Will Sash on bass, and Dave Archer on... Um, on guitar, and that's actually going to be my only UK live show until mid-July, because I'll be out of the country then. Get your good selves down to, to Oval. Yeah. It's all happening at Toulouse Retreat. We like that. It's a good venue. And, of course, the Sunday service, I'll be continuing as well, every Sunday, one till two, Facebook Live. Just Google Adrian Cox, and, yeah, his Sunday service comes up pretty swiftly. If you've liked what you've listened to, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our valuable episodes and, of course, if you want to know more about the Watford Jazz Junction, check out our website at watfordjazzjunction.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Who knew? Um, you can also email us at jazzwatfordlive at gmail.com, but only to say nice things. So next time we launch Series 5, can you believe? And we're going to be in conversation with Sitar Supremo, Jazzdeep Singh Dugun. So don't forget to keep your ears fresh and always connect with something new. So it's goodbye, lovely listener. It's goodbye, Adrian. Bye-bye. And it's goodbye from me. Bye.